welcome to this week's edition of the death of college football as we know. Oh, I'm sorry. No, wait a minute. This is the We Are podcast. Sorry, I got confused there on the DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. Just an insane week this week. College football changing really forever on Friday. These are some of the biggest changes we've seen in college athletics in our lifetime. We're going to get into the whole situation with Oregon and Washington joining the Big Ten, how that could impact Penn State and so on and so forth all all over college athletics. The one thing in life that is constant is that there will always be change. And so there are people out there. I'm 49 years old. I've grown up with sports um, in a certain way, you know, football, baseball, basketball, college sports, whatever. You get used to the way things, you know, kind of have been and always are, always were. But you know what? What I've seen in my life with sports, and we've seen this with everything in life, is they they change dramatically. I I, I kind of never thought we'd get to a situation where there would only be a DH in baseball. I used to hate it. You know, 10 years ago, I'd have argued vehemently against the DH in baseball. Now, I, I, I don't care. Uh, really, I don't even watch Major League Baseball much anyway, but I don't care about there if there's a DH or not. Pitchers couldn't hit. It was an inevitable change. So you have to get used to change in sports. You have to get used to change in life. And so these changes that we are seeing in college athletics now are just causing a gigantic ripple all around the country. The way we view sports, the way we uh, have always thought about college athletics. You think about Oregon and Washington. Let me, let me first backtrack to USC and UCLA joining the Big Ten last year. That was a surprise. It happened really kind of out of nowhere. It was very quickly. We had not caught a whole lot of uh, wind about that that was going down, and then it happened, and it was a, a big surprise. And then everybody kind of thought, okay, well, that's it. You know, the Big Ten will kind of stay pat here. Then Colorado, all this whole thing started last week with Colorado. Believe it or not, Colorado's input impact on college athletics and the history of college athletics is going to turn out to be tremendous here with Colorado leaving the Pac-12 for the Big 12. That was the first domino to fall. And then with the Pac-12 just unable to secure any kind of effective and um, competitive TV rights deal, the writing was on the wall. And so now we see Washington and Oregon joining the Big Ten. I'm recording this late Friday night, so by the time you hear it on Sunday morning or whenever, the the news may be final about Utah and Arizona State uh, officially joining the Big 12. Arizona, there's been talk about Arizona. They're, they're finalizing their deal as well as I'm recording this. So what you're going to see is Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah in the Big 12 and then Oregon, Washington, the Big Ten, and basically the Pac-10 will die, at least the Pac-10 as we've always known it. I don't think the Pac-10 can, or I'm sorry, Pac-12. Did I say Pac-10? That's how, that that gets me back to, it used to be the Pac-10, and then, you know, you got to get used to change with the Pac-12. Now that conference as a power conference uh, will die. It will not be a power conference any longer. You really want have to wonder what's going to happen to Stanford and Cal. Um and maybe to a lesser extent, uh, Washington State, Oregon State, that they don't have huge fan bases. 
How did all this happen? Why did all this happen? Well, it comes down to money, comes down to TV. These are not surprises. If you follow and love college football, you've known that this has been the case for a long time. But I want to pose a question here. And I wrote about this uh, in the Penn State news feed at DK Pittsburgh Sports. Does the Big Ten really even want Oregon and Washington? Now I want to go down that rabbit hole a little bit and, and, and make, maybe make you think about something new. Maybe not. Maybe, you know, maybe they absolutely do. And it'll, this whole thing will turn out to be phenomenal. I think this is just kind of a, a marriage of convenience. Uh, these two friends have known each other. Maybe they feel like they could do a little better somewhere else, but you know, eh, we, we, we don't have a great option anywhere else. I'll just marry you. So you got the Big Ten over here, this really pretty girl. The Big Ten's a really pretty girl, uh, really pretty girl, uh, pretty, you know, prettiest or second prettiest girl at the party, along with the SEC girl. And so you've got the Pac-12 schools, Oregon and Washington. Maybe they're 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 pretty good looking guys, but uh, you know, maybe not the best looking guy, and they want to get the best looking girl they can get. And that certainly was not going to be the Pac-12. And so they end up going to the Big Ten for what we believe will be a significantly reduced share of the media rights in the Big Ten. That's the leverage that the Big Ten held here. And so I wrote a couple weeks ago, I did not think the Big Ten would be expanding much anymore. Uh, they would wait and see what would happen with Notre Dame. And that to- turned out to be totally wrong. But then you kind of take a step back and say, why is the Big Ten adding Oregon and Washington? Is it because the Big Ten loves the, the thought of having Oregon and Washington in its league? Well, no, I, I don't really believe that's the case. I think that what's happened here clearly is that you have a, a conference, a power conference that was on the verge of death, at least in terms of the way we've always viewed it in the Pac-12. And you've got two really good looking programs out there in Oregon and Washington. And so you're the big 10. You're like, okay, do we really need them? Do we really want them? Eh, maybe not, but they are pretty good. They're, they're, they'll expand to two major markets out in Portland and Seattle. Uh, they're nice additions, but we have all the leverage here. They have no leverage. If we don't take Oregon and Washington, nobody else is going to take them. And so the big 10 says, okay, well, We'll go ahead and bring you on. Uh, we'll give you less money than everybody else, but we'll go ahead and take you. And to, look, don't get me wrong. Oregon and Washington, I think, will be good additions to the Big Ten. Competitively, how will they be year in and year out? I think that's going to be a big, 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 big issue. I've, I've written about this a lot with UCLA. They just play a different style of football. Are they going to be able to compete in a rough and rugged conference like the Big Ten? Uh, well, and hey, who, who knows what the conference schedule will look like if the, some of the Western schools will all just keep playing each other a good bit. But the point is, I don't, I, I don't really believe that the Big Ten was just coveting Washington and Oregon. I don't believe they were sitting there trying, you know, working out a deal with them for the last six, seven, eight months or whenever. This whole thing happened simply because Colorado left the Pac-12 and the Pac-12 was going to die. And so, uh, the best looking guys out of the, out of the Pac-12, went out and found the best-looking date they could get, even if the date they got might not necessarily just love the fact that they're going on a, on a date with those two. So uh, will I will that end up being wrong over time? You know, I, I don't think so. We're 30 years removed from Penn State joining the Big Ten. If you're a gigantic Penn State fan, how many of you think the Big Ten has screwed over Penn State for a long time? In one, in one way or another, how many of you 
for 30 years or, or, or close to 30 years have felt like the Big Ten has treated Penn State like a redheaded stepchild while giving Ohio State and Michigan every opportunity, every favor, and, and, while, tr- and while treating the newcomer Penn State like it's just kind of some, you know, also ran a little bit. How many of you, I, I, look, I've heard this from hundreds of people over the years. I used to do radio shows about this with Penn State fans saying they'd much rather be in the ACC, this or that or whatever, because the Big Ten, you know, while being a great boost for Penn State, in the past and certainly in the future financially hasn't always done right by Penn state. Uh, certainly not during the scandal, not having them start on the road in conference play every year for what, 157 years in a row. So there are a lot of Penn state fans that feel like, ah, you know, the big 10 has always treated Penn state like the redheaded stepchild. Don't you think that's probably what's going to happen with Oregon and Washington over the long haul? I don't think so much with USC. USC probably was very much coveted by the big 10 I don't know about UCLA, but that was a package deal. But if you're, if you're Oregon and Washington, I can just envision 30 years from now. I can, I can envision Ducks and, and Huskies fans 30 years from now complaining about how they've been treated like the redheaded stepchildren of the Big Ten, that they were never fully wanted, that they, they only joined because they had to, they had no leverage, and they've never felt at home, never quite felt like the Big Ten appreciated and, and loved having them there. And you know what? I, I think that's probably where we are at this stage. Um, but it's happened. We've talked about this for years and years and years about the potential blow up of college athletics with these super conferences and man, oh man, if, if, if it has not happened so incredibly quickly, we have seen really the death blow to the PAC 12 college football, college athletics changing drastically as we know it. All things considered with the transfer portal with NIL now with this insane conference realignment I mean, you want to talk about rest in peace to college athletics as we've always known it. Uh, I mean, we, we could have said that even before just simply because of NIL and the transfer portal. But wow, what a crazy, crazy, crazy situation we have. If you're a college football, college basketball fan, I'm a big college basketball fan. You know, what what's this going to do to college hoops? I will say this, if just strictly from a competition standpoint, Penn State playing Oregon and Washington and USC and UCLA every year, two or three or whenever, however the whole schedule works out, it'll be pretty darn cool. It's going to be pretty darn cool. No matter who you root for uh, in the Big Ten or even out there, if you're Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA, your fans love to see different kinds of competition. I mean, how many games against Indiana and Maryland and Rutgers and Purdue and Northwestern do you want to see? Sure, you want to see Ohio State and Michigan all the time. But now the promise of playing a, war, a Washington and Oregon, a USC, a UCLA, it's going to be really, really cool. There are a lot of questions. Uh, I'm, I don't necessarily want to get into a whole lot of it right now. We'll have to wait and see how a lot of this plays out. How will the scheduling be? You know, we've talked a lot lately about Penn State doesn't have a protected rival in the new Big Ten scheduling format. They're not going to be playing Ohio State or Michigan or anybody else every single year. How's how's the addition of Oregon and Washington going to change the schedules? They're coming in next year, folks. So there's already a 2024 Penn State football schedule, a really good one. They they've got uh, Ohio State at home, USC at home. I mean, the schedule next year looks to be outstanding. Is it going to have to change? 
And so those are questions that we're going to have to wait and see. But goodness gracious, college athletics as we've known it forever. Uh, really? It's gone away now. Rest in peace. Before I get into a, a real big football question for this season, I want to ask one more question with regards to uh, college athletics, conferences, that sort of thing. And that is this. If you're a longtime Penn State fan, were you happy? Have you been happy with Penn State in the Big Ten all these years? Now, see, there's a couple ways to look at this. The number one way is security and finances. Okay, so. It is absolutely clear that being in the Big Ten and the security, uh, the financial security and freedom that the Big Ten has offered Penn State and will continue to offer Penn State in the future, bar none, there is no question. You just simply cannot in any logical way um, say that Penn State and the Big Ten made the wrong decision with their marriage 30 years ago. However, from a sports fan standpoint, thinking with your heart instead of your head, I've heard from a lot of Penn State fans over the years say they'd rather be in the ACC. And I just want to kind of touch on that here briefly as we're talking about the future of college athletics because Penn State is absolutely in the best place it possibly can be going forward. What if... What if Penn State had joined the ACC at some point instead of the Big Ten? That to me is a question. And we look, we've talked about it a lot for many years, and I think there are a lot of fans that would would have enjoyed being in the ACC. Uh, some closer games, maybe some more traditional rivals. You know, if they'd been in the ACC, you know, eventually maybe you know, Pitt and Syracuse and and uh, some of those teams they could be playing. Up and down the East Coast, and that would that would be more enjoyable from uh, for a lot of fans. Again, thinking with their heart, not necessarily with their head, but thinking with their heart, that would have been more enjoyable for a lot of people. And I, I've heard both sides of the argument. I'm not a fan. I'm I'm a reporter. I try to tell it like it is, one way or another. But I do absolutely understand why uh, certain portions of the fan base, especially the older. Uh, generations that grew up with certain rivalries and everything like that. You know, the Big Ten was not, it was not a a big deal for Penn State for, for many, many, for, for many decades. You know, yeah, the, the big, big Ten was all about Ohio State and Michigan and all that and everything. Penn State was doing its own thing as an independent, playing a lot of teams. Sure, they would play some of these other teams, you know, from, from the Big Ten or other conferences, but you, you didn't see it. As much Penn State kind of just did its own thing. And now a lot of those teams that are in the ACC, sure, you can make a case. Those would have remained some pretty cool rivalries. Um, so again, thinking from your heart standpoint, I totally get that, uh, there are fans out there that would still like to have gone to the ACC, but saving grace, man, that they didn't, you know, what, what, you know, in terms of making the right decision. The folks at Penn State certainly made the right decision in the early 1990s. Now you've got a situation where your future is going to be secured. 
you would think, you know, not you know, forever is a long word, but I don't see the Big Ten ever getting rid of Penn State. And I don't see the Big Ten ever not being one of the major, major, major players in college athletics, the Big Ten and the SEC. And then we'll see what happens to everybody else. Uh, but I just want to kind of mention that as we're planning to look forward of all the changes that could happen, just looking back a little bit and, and how Penn State really should be thankful that they're not in a situation, not, not that they would be Oregon State or Washington State or Cal or Stanford. Penn State's too big, you know, too prominent, too much money for that. But Penn State could have been Oregon or Washington, kind of left teetering there on the brink of of being forced to do something, taking, yeah, Penn State fans maybe have felt like a redheaded stepchild in the Big Ten for a long time. But you know what they've also been? Uh, they've gotten paid. So that, that's, that's the big part of it there. All right. Uh, one football question I want to mention in this segment as we uh, look ahead to the season. I wrote about this earlier in the week. What's the, what's the most important game on Penn State's schedule this year? Is it Ohio State or is it Michigan? Penn State goes to Ohio State to play at the Horseshoe. Then they've got Michigan coming to Beaver Stadium in November. Now, to make the college football playoff, Penn State's got to win at least one of those games. If they make both and go undefeated, they're in, uh, blah, blah, blah. But it, you got to win at least one of those two games. So what's the most important game? The Ohio State game is first. It's at the Horseshoe. I think they're going to lose, period. Okay? I, I think Ohio State, there is a chance they could be a little down this year. I do think Michigan's going to be better than Ohio State. There's a chance Ohio State could be down with a new quarterback, but it is still Ohio State. They've got Marvin Harrison. They've got elite talent on both sides of the ball. Uh, I just, and Columbus is such a tough place to win that I think Penn State's going to go there and lose. So therefore, to me, the most important game of this season for Penn State is going to be Michigan visiting Beaver Stadium. And that's going to be a pick em game, a very close game. If the Lions are going to make the college football playoff, they will have to win that game if indeed they do lose to Ohio State. So I guess my criteria is based on the fact that I think they're going to lose to Ohio State anyway. Sure, if you could go beat Ohio State, then on the road, and Ohio State ends up having a great year, 10-2 and two or whatever, then yeah, you've got your marquee road victory against an elite opponent. And then you could still afford to lose to Michigan at home. Although that would look a little worse. You know, anytime you lose at home looks worse, but uh, sure. You, you do have to win one of them in my mind. Specifically, I think the, the more difficult game to win will be in Columbus. Uh, they, Penn State's just struggled there forever. It's going to be a difficult challenge. Drew Allers never will have never faced that type of environment or situation in his career. It's just, it's just going to be difficult. Can Penn State compete out there with them? Absolutely. There's enough talent on both sides of the ball for Penn State to compete really with anybody. But for me, in my mind, the, using the criteria, the most important game is Michigan because like they're going to lose to Ohio State and then they've got to beat Michigan. If they beat Michigan, well, then I guess you have to hope that Michigan beats Ohio State and then they're all sitting there with one loss or what have you, or maybe somebody else loses somewhere else along the way. But that's the path to the college football playoff. You're going to notice in a lot of the things that I write and talk about on the podcast throughout the season, I'm not messing around with things like 10 and 2, okay? I'm not going to mess around with a whole bunch of stories and anecdotes on what it would be to have a really good season at 10 and two. Okay. 
That's not what we're talking about anymore. Right now, the goal is 11 and one and a playoff. And quite frankly, you know, we have reached, this may be an old, uh, uh, a podcast segment all on its own, but we have reached the point where it's it, 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 probably playoff or bust, at least maybe for some people. Not Maybe not everybody, because look, I've got Penn State going 10 and two. I think they lose to both of them, Michigan and Ohio State. And 10 and two with two losses to those teams. If you compete well, if you, if they're really close games, you know, you'll, you can make progress in 2024 to me has always been the season we were going to look at. But uh, in terms of the way I'm going to be viewing this season, it's, it's kind of playoff or bust. It's, if you don't beat Ohio State or Michigan, we're not going to have a repeat of last year where you go 10 and two, beat no ranked opponents, beat a Utah team that was vastly overrated anyway and finished with four losses. That's not going to cut it this year. What's going to cut it is going 11 and one. And if you go 10 and two and you lose to Ohio State and Michigan again, I don't want to hear from Penn State fans at the end of November talking about how this was still a really good season. Well, sure. I, I mean, I guess 10 and two is always a good season, but at, at what point does the goal have to change? And if you don't beat Ohio State or Michigan in a given year and finally knock on the door and get to a playoff, do you have to look at that years of failure? third and final segment of the we are podcast on the dk pittsburgh sports podcasting network i want to ask you the fans kind of a fun question here to wrap things up this week what's your favorite place to visit for a football game and maybe it's not a big 10 school maybe you've been uh, to a bowl game or somewhere else like alabama but for this particular purpose i want to keep this uh maybe within the big 10 for this reason okay so now that Oregon and Washington are going to be added. USC, UCLA are going to be added. How many of you are going to make those trips? (laughs) Because now we're talking about a good bit of money to travel all the way across the country. I have not looked into like ticket prices yet. We in the media, we travel for all the games. Uh, And yeah, I'm looking forward to going out to LA to cover a game or, or Oregon and Washington. But those are long, long trips, man. Those are long days. You're flying out west. Uh, the jet lag and all, jet lag is real. I've flown out, I've flown, flown out west enough to know that, uh, jet lag is real. So that's the question I'm asking. What's your favorite place to visit in the Big Ten? And what are the chances that you might end up going to one of these new places, uh, with the four Pac 12 schools joining the Big Ten? I've always said, uh, I've really loved going to, the horseshoe in Columbus, just, you know, you are in an elite, uh, environment, an elite program that has just enjoyed so much success, so much winning. I, I really like the stadium, uh, from where I sit and it's in the press box way up high, but I have a great view. There's a great view for pretty much everybody there. I've always enjoyed going to Columbus. The people there have treated, me well over the years. Maybe that's not always been the case for Penn State fans, but uh, always very, very, very meaningful games. And so th- those are great trips. I cannot necessarily say that I've enjoyed all that much going to Michigan. I think I've been to Michigan 
four times maybe to the big house, maybe five. The, the big house to me, with all due respect to those folks, and I'm sure people get up in arms out there if they were to hear this, it's not as imposing or as just daunting when you're there as it would indi- as the stadium size would indicate. You go to be- you go to Penn State, you go to Beaver Stadium, you know the atmosphere is phenomenal. Uh, the student section, the high rise, you know, seats and everything, especially the wideout. It's a tremendous atmosphere. You go to Ohio State, it's a tremendous atmosphere. I've been to Alabama, phenomenal atmosphere. Auburn was really cool. I've never been to LSU um, or Georgia. I'm sure those places are awesome. I have never really felt that way about Michigan. Now, Penn State's gone out there and they've gotten hammered during several of the games that I've covered out there. But the big house, because it sits in a, in a bowl, it's like very, very wide and spread out. So yeah, there's 108,000 people there, but it, it's kind of more spread out in a bowl like. And so it, it doesn't feel, it feel as on top of you or as, or as daunting maybe as Beaver Stadium when it's filled or, or the horseshoe or, or some other huge places. Uh, I've enjoyed going to Michigan, but you know, not, not as much as, as Ohio State. Um, I'm looking forward for a chance to go out to Oregon and Washington. Hopefully I'm still be covering Penn State football in a year, two or three or whenever we get the schedules and, and Penn State has to make a trip out there. But if you're a fan and especially, okay, here's another consideration here. All right. You spend all this money on season tickets at Penn State for your season tickets, for your parking. Oh, that's a lot of money. I've talked before. It could be five, six, seven grand or more, depending on how many you've got or and where your seats are. All right. Then maybe you do your, your tailgating. That's more money. Then you, maybe you go to some road, road games. That's more money. Are you going to be able to afford to go out to Oregon or Washington or California for a, a regular season road game? You know, now you're adding more money on top of the fact that the school needs your money for NIL and they need your money for supporting everything. So you see what I'm getting at here that, you know, uh, this is kind of a, of a proliferation of, uh, of the finances in college athletics of we need more, 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 more. All right. Uh, I mean, it's going to be expensive to go out to fly out to Oregon or Washington for a game. And and my guess is 99.99999% of Penn State fans will never do that. But if you do, I'm, I would guess it'd probably be a pretty cool experience. Uh, if I get a chance to go out there, I'm sure it'll be a really cool experience, at least maybe once. If you have to, have to do it multiple times, my guess is that could get uh, a little uh, a little overbearing. And hey, that's something that a lot of these other athletes are going to have to face. Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA joining for all sports, having to make all these cross country flights back, back and forth. And, and, you know, think, think if you're Rutgers or Maryland. I know Penn State fans don't really care about Rutgers or Maryland, but they're flying even further all the way across the country out there. Just, uh, crazy, crazy dynamics getting me back to what I was talking about in the first segment about how College athletics, as we've known it, uh, have really just just kind of died now. But if you're a fan, will you would you will you be going out there to Oregon or Washington at some point? Will you be going out to L.A. to to see USC or UCLA or or, or whatnot? Those would be cool trips. But my guess is uh, most Penn State fans are never going to get to see those places, regardless. All right, folks, that's going to wrap up this week's edition of the We Are Podcast. Appreciate everybody for tuning in. 
We'll see if there's any more craziest craziness next week. Maybe Notre Dame will join the Big Ten here in the next week. Uh, I doubt it, but you never know. Have a good week, folks. 